What's up, friends? Today I talked to Trevor Lofton. This was recorded originally December 12th, 2019. So just over two years ago, he's with Factotum Fabricor, and what they do is they make houses out of storage containers. So that's essentially what we talked about. Please enjoy Trevor Lofton. Five, four, three. What's up, friends? What's up, friends? We're back. But why not? But why not? Uh, yeah, the idea was um, I thought doing a bigger experience would be cool because mm-hmm. it's like, what can we do with things to do? What can we do with Venture Wisconsin yeah. other than just content, like event-wise, like the biking brewery tours mm-hmm. and stuff? Um, and I was like, what if you did full-out experiences? Yeah. And I was like, okay. What, I wanted to do it like now because that's entrepreneurs a lot of times yeah. like that. And I was like, okay, like dead of winter, there's nothing to do. So let's try and string together like, like what would people get on a bus for is what I was mm-hmm. trying to think. And I was like, maybe beer tour, like put breweries and cheese together or something. And, yeah. and then it turned into an overnight beer cheese bus trip in conjunction with that resort that we've worked with before. Oh, so that's cool. Yeah. I mean, Eau Claire's got some really good breweries too, so it's a big yeah. help of that. You you probably you probably won't be well. I don't know. I I guess I don't know. But you being a brewer, you might not love this. But my thought was like, why not do like the most historical breweries in yeah. Wisconsin? Do Pabst, do Miller. Yeah, I mean, which is which is Point and Lineys. Yeah, it's it's the most historic craft in my opinion. Yeah, you know that makes I mean? sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what's up, friends? We're live. <laughs> uh, we're here with Trevor of Factotum, and um, just like like we were saying, Fantasy Factory. I don't know if that uh, if that ties in your your uh, Justin's name, the Factotum story at all. But. Well, like Factotum really comes from Latin and just means like to do or build anything well, and really? so like that's been his big thing is to. Um, just like whatever we're gonna do, we're gonna do it well. Yeah. And it's kind of his ethos of his whole life. And then this just really kind of is an outlet for that. And it just happens to be in a very niche outlet of building shipping container structures. Yeah. yeah. So explain explain that whole concept. Explain what you guys do and then definitely the shipping container yeah. building. So essentially what we're doing is we're a home builder, um, but we make custom homes out of shipping containers. And so because of the trade deficit, we have all these shipping containers that are sitting in lots all across the country and all these train rail stations and all that. Um, and they're not getting used. They've only been used once coming over here. And so they're, they're in pretty good shape. Yeah. And they're structurally strong. I mean, you can stack them almost 25 high on a ship that's going across the ocean. Right. They're built to withstand a lot of force. And we have some, and it would be really great to make a house out of that. And so essentially what we do is take that kind of framework of the shipping container um, and turn that into a house. We've just knocked out a whole wall in one container. And actually the house we're working on right now, four walls on four containers are completely coming out, plus all the ends, or one end on each of them is coming out. So we're going to have this big open area out of four shipping containers. Um, So it's not like what you're seeing like on the back of a truck. Yes. you see the whole thing, you, and then you edit it. You yeah. completely make it 
do what it, it needs to to make something that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like we've talked about it, like especially seeing when they were crane siding these containers and it's just getting picked up and put on top of this foundation. It's like a 40 foot container just flying through the air with a bunch of holes in it and it's set it on a container and you have a house structure by and like in one day. Something yep. you couldn't do with traditional stick framing. Um, but it's like you're almost working with giant Legos. Yeah. At a point. For real. Yeah. It, I feel like it's a little more like almost, I mean obviously houses are massively planned. Yeah. But it almost feels like more engineered like modular right yeah I mean there's some modularity to it and but like, it's custom modular yeah like, it's custom it's exactly what you want you make it ahead of time yeah exactly yeah. so we're working in our shop uh, to where we can do all the like all the cutouts you'd ever have to do for any exterior doors windows um, framing it out so you kind of have the layout of the house already in the house whenever we set it down on the ground um, but what yeah. so okay so when did when did Factotum start doing this when did you join the team we'll start there okay yeah so Factotum's been doing this for five years now um, and in the past we've added the Fabricor part in the past two years um, so we're officially Factotum Fabricor all together and um, they've been building shipping container houses for that long and um, so here in Wisconsin. Here in Wisconsin. So we haven't ventured out of the state yet, but we have um, one house up in Door County, one down in Ozaki County, uh, an addition here in Appleton, a full home over in Grand Chute, and we're getting ready to start our next one, which is back up in Door County. Sweet. Um, and so I came on to the team in this past April. I happened to meet Justin at the Ambassador down the street from here. Nice. Um, it's a funny story, like. We actually started off playing music together yeah. because I happened to be there playing air bass and it's like nobody plays air bass unless they play bass and right. we need a bass player. <laughs> and so I got hooked up with him that way. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll come play bass. That'd be fun. And then just as we kind of like kept running into each other and like kind of developing a friendship or relationship, um, I was like, I really could see myself working for this guy. Yeah. I could see myself working for this company. Um, I've been working like a desk job up in De Pere and like it was great but when so I got to the point where I could do most of my like work in 10 minutes or like 10 hours yeah. and I have to sit there at a desk for the other 30 of a just week to just to be there and do the time like that wasn't for me like yeah. I wanted to get out and do something like yep. I know I have the mind to do this computer stuff and all this accounting stuff and all this project management stuff but I want to actually be a part of growing something like That's awesome. yeah and so actually building a business that actually builds things as well so, yeah, yeah it's so I actually come from a masonry background okay so I can I agree completely I mean there is like a cathartic nature just and just like so much pride and just uh, I don't know if purpose is the right word but you definitely feel like damn like I did something you know? yeah that feeling still kind of sinking into me because like we've just finished up one project and moving on to the next, actually we've already started two projects while the other one was finishing. Nice. And it was my first one with the company and I was out in the field doing a lot of the like hands-on labor stuff. I was helping as much as I can because not necessarily in my wheelhouse, but right. I can figure some stuff out. Yeah. I'll be fine. And, um, but yeah, like from July until like just this week, it's like I helped put a whole house together and it doesn't, it really hasn't sunk in yeah. that 
Oh wow, there's a finished house and I did something to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I think there's this thing about like, like how mass produced our world is maybe nowadays mm-hmm. where you just almost, you do get desensitized to everything. Yeah. But there really is something to like, wow, like people are gonna host, they're going to live their life, they're going to share these memories, they're going, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, not only that, but the thing I built is cool as hell. Like yeah, that, <laughs> that helps when it's cool as hell. You actually like the way it looks. That's always good. So, right. and that's I mean, with Justin's like design aesthetic and the clients that we're getting, having very similar aesthetics to like what we like, it's been awesome. Yeah, it's, we get to build really cool stuff. Do and most people give you the like? They're like, we just want you to do it. Or they there's kinda... like I think there's been a couple that have been like that. But for the most part, like it's a it, like it's a give and take. It's a not a give and take. That's a, not a good way to explain it. But yeah. like a collaborative experience. Right. I mean, okay, hey, there's so like in this last house, it's like okay, we've got to have a stair set. We've got to build stairs because it's in the plans. We don't know what the it looks like. It's kind of up to us. Like we know there's stairs, but what do those look like? Mm-hmm. And so it's like just working with the clients, kind of like here's an idea. This is what I think would look really cool. Let me draw you a picture. I can sketch it all up. Here's a 3D model. But I think it would be really cool if you did this. And it's like, yeah, fine. Go with it. That looks really great. Okay. Do it. And um, so, yeah, there's that little things that you get to add that mean a lot to you or you think are really great. Yeah, it gives it the artistic expression almost. Yeah. How big is the team? Uh, so right now we have a team of four or five guys at any time. Nice. We have a couple guys that... Uh, come here and there um, work a couple of different jobs like seasonal jobs and they'll come in and help us nice. um, just people that we've kind of accumulated over time and um, attracted but, yeah attracted yeah. and um, finding finding people that are interested in a company that's still relatively young right like ready to grow but finding people that are ready to sign up for that like not an established company or mm-hmm not what they could go and find somewhere else like is really hard to do but we're yeah. finally growing that team and finding the right people that want to go with us to nice. where we're going yeah. that's awesome that's yeah i'm in the same boat i definitely know yeah like, uh, the struggle it's like me and camille basically which you probably don't know camille but she does a unique eats series okay adventure but um so like what i'm curious about is inside um, like how do you like insulate and then does the inside just look like a normal house? Yeah, okay. mainly, or yes, I'll say the inside looks like a normal house. Um, sometimes clients will like leave the ceiling exposed so you actually see the container. Okay. Uh, but what we are doing is spray foaming it and we'll actually kind of frame out with the inside walls and everything that we need. So all drywall will go right up there. Okay. You'll have your regular floor plan there, separate rooms. You're not all in one big co-sleeping area together (laughs) (laughs) or like some kind of lodge. Yeah, uh, a commune. Yeah, (laughs) no, just open. Um, uh, But yeah, so I mean, we've had contractors whenever I'm reaching out to them, it's like, hey, I need uh, HVAC for this house. And they're like, they look at the plants like, no, I don't want to deal with that whatsoever. (laughs) And I'm like, no, we do all the hard stuff. Like once you get there, like there's a couple quirks but it's pretty much a traditional house once you get there interesting yeah it's just 
just brings like a almost an aesthetic you can't get mm-hmm. anywhere else. Yeah, um, I like the house that we just did in Grafton has cantilevers on the first floor. It it's hangs up. Oh, sorry, right. cantilevers where like a structure will hang off the foundation. So we have like a square foundation, and then the first floor actually hangs off on both sides. And then you go up to the second floor and it does the same thing perpendicular to the first floor and it just cantilevers or like hangs out there. Yep. And so there is their master bedroom juts out from the rest of the house and it's right on like the Milwaukee River and it's just wow. this gorgeous uninterrupted view of the river. And it's something you cannot do. I mean, you could do it with a traditional build, but there would be a lot more to go into it. And yeah, that's the advantage of that. And yeah. And we're already using a lot of the structural strength of the steel containers to begin with that yeah. Yeah, it makes it more possible to do. That's cool. Yeah. I don't want to get too boring with this, but is there like, like codes? Like is there code oh, yeah. specifically for? There is not a code specifically for uh, okay. shipping containers. So we just fall under the same residential zoning codes that everybody else. Okay. Any other traditional builder would. Is there like support code, like for when you're doing? Oh yeah. That? So well, whenever you go through the whole permitting process, yeah. <clears throat> especially when they see like the designs and stuff we're doing, they're like, I need a structural engineer to tell <laughs> all, me and do all, all the math, all the physics. Like, tell me this is gonna stay up, and I'm not gonna make a death trap. Okay. Because like, if yeah. they sign off on it that it's fine to live in, like they're it's on them too, not just us. Yep. Um, and so, no, we definitely vet that. An architect cool. that we work with, Terry Martin, shout out to Terry Martin. Shout out to Terry. Um, is great <laughs> about that. He cool. does all of our designs and like brings everything to life and makes sure all the math works out and right. we're not building death traps. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, seriously, literally, like what makes this, I mean, it would be possible no matter what, but what makes it feasible is the trade deficit because other countries trade us stuff and then the containers don't that's go just, back out yeah that's just kind of a perk it just makes like makes it more affordable yeah like our basic building block for building these houses is more affordable <laughs> and so it makes it a stronger base where you can do these cool things where it hangs off the foundation yeah um more economical like it's still going to cost money but having that steel structure already started is going to give you more strength than starting from nothing and it's going to make your dollar go along like a lot further yeah and yeah it's cool is it is it hard to explain to people like when you just say like shipping container home or are people instantly like oh i've seen that that's so cool you find like you find both people like all of our clients have been yes like shipping container people i saw this this is great this is really cool i want to be on board this is what i want right and you have really die hard and then you have other people where it's a little bit harder to explain. Uh, my family is like that. Yeah. Like I've told them so many times, like what we do, and they're like, "Okay, so you guys are doing what?" Yeah. It's like you're, you're we, the thing we always get is like, "Oh, you're making tiny homes," and I'm like, "Ah, that, I mean, yeah, if eighteen hundred square feet is a tiny home now, I guess, but I've never seen a two-story tiny home. I've never seen a loft space, but we get yeah. that a lot. Yeah. And um, way different. It's it's very very different. Yeah. <laughs> we're happy to do it, but yeah. what we're doing right now is not that. So, Have you, would you guys do you ever just cut the whole thing in half? Yep. Yeah. Do you do that with like a just a German saw? Like a no, we use a plasma cutter for that. Oh. Okay. And it's a 
It's crazy. We actually just did that about a month ago. So we had to take 16 feet off of a container, like a 40 foot container. And so just long 40 feet and we have the seam where we know we're gonna have to cut it. And we just snap a line, measure everything out and just start cutting. And it gets kind of scary toward the end whenever like it falls in the middle. <laughs> and yeah. But you just take precautions and make sure everything's supported and you're good to go. But nice. yeah, it's crazy to see that stuff come down and out. It's, it's loud in the shop. So, yeah, I yeah. bet. That, that brings it back to this kind of fantasy factory mm -hmm. idea I started, or I started the live with, but we were talking about it. Like, plasma cutter, it's a big, it's like a big investment, right? Yeah, there, yeah. there's so, some expensive materials in that shop. Yeah, like, what's the coolest thing you've ever built, I guess, in there? Like, that's outside of these homes. Mm. Or a piece of a home that like was an addition or like a, an amendment or yeah. something. Yeah, mm, that's a good question. Unfortunately, I haven't had as much time to build. Right, right. I'm trying to think about the. There's so been a lot of cool stuff. That, well, you were saying you built, you oh, build your own tools. Like, oh yeah, a lot of times like you'll just think like this would be really great. I need to hold this piece in position up here. Why doesn't anybody make a tool that would do that? Yeah. And as I've been there, it's start getting this mindset. It's like oh, you just make your tool. And so, like, we had a couple like, couplings that we had to put into the ceiling of a container and weld them in there. But there's, you don't want to have somebody stick their hand up there, hold it up, and keep it in spot yeah, at the well, right well, measurement all the time yeah. while they're welding. And so we just essentially made this giant scepter that has, like, probably Which seven like feet. A yeah, just like a, I mean, it looks like if you were a king. Yeah, your yeah. scepter, that's what it looks like. There's just like a box on the top, and then it's almost like Aquaman's trident kind of thing. Yeah. And just a long stick on it, and you just push it up and hold it there. Nice. And it worked. It solved our problem. It fixed, like, now we can do that. Yeah, now you always have that option. <laughs> yeah, and it makes it repeatable, and we can just keep doing it all the time. So, yeah. yeah. Down the line, um, I guess... I trying to think like direction wise like wh which way does it grow first but if down the line you're almost I don't want to say mass producing but you're pumping out of like you know 20s 10 tens of homes a year or mm -hmm. whatever um, <laughs> there might become this like myriad of like a toolkit that you almost can literally like tell a story like this is the tool we made up for I'm just picturing like yeah. video series online yeah, no, so that's how I, I mean, things, some of the things we have to come up with and like just on the spot, and I think most construction workers do that, and right. most tradespeople do, like if you ever watch like This Old House or uh, Yankee work, like Wood Workshop, and it's like this guy's got a jig for everything on the table saw, and he doesn't have to do any work, and it's like, yep. like it's just a different mindset, it's like, yeah, I can figure out how to do this easier and better. Every, and I know and I'm like, going to do it a thousand more times, yeah, so. Yeah, but no, that definitely as a thing it's like well here's a special tool yeah like one thing we actually made this week which is really cool um we've been working on it for a while but it's essentially giant roller skates that you could put the container on okay because these are like almost eight thousand yeah. pounds and moving around with a forklift all the time isn't the best it's kind of unfun yeah and you so multiple forklifts yeah so we have three forklifts wow yeah it's a <laughs> lot of forklifts for a small <laughs> shop um and so it takes all, it takes two of them to get a container off a truck and 
two to get him on the truck and sometimes sketchy and yep. not feeling great so that's why I have the third one there for extra support yep. um, but so we made roller skates essentially for the uh, container so it's just a giant caster and there's a couple things that like lock into the bottom feet of the container nice. and now like now that we found the right wheels for it like they were able to push the container across the room the other day wow. like just by hand wow. and game changer yeah it's a game changer it's really <laughs> nice and it's like well how do we sell those now <laughs> right yeah, yeah. somebody else has got to be needing these right yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's pure entrepreneurship honestly yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's fun it's yeah. ingenuity so <laughs> yeah there you go um so you guys have a warehouse mm -hmm. where you build out these you pre-build the pieces for the most part. You yep. put them, you assemble them on site, and you have a recording studio. <laughs> yeah, there is a recording studio in our shop as well. Um, we used to actually have um, Justin's wife's business um, in one of our like spots in our little warehouse area that she was using to make products, and they recently moved out and moved over to uh, over here on College Ave. And so now we have all this extra room, and that's really good because we were really getting like to the walls sure. with all the musical equipment. So now we actually have a place for musical equipment to go in there. Nice. And so, yeah, so Justin's recorded bands in there. Um, he's currently recording our band in there. We've been working on an album, and we'll go there on Tuesday nights and yeah. just for the people, hang out. For people who don't know who Justin is, why don't you just nope. quickly? Oh, yeah, so Justin Keel is the owner of Factotum. Um, if you're ever around Appleton and see a guy with a factotum hat on, uh, that's Justin. He's the only one that has those hats, and it's a very distinct design. If you see our logo online, that's the design, and he's always wearing one of those hats. Nice. If he's not wearing that hat, he's wearing a pork pie. But that <laughs> never happens, so he's always wearing those hats. Nice. And so that's Justin. So this is his baby, his dream child, yep. um, and I'm just along for the ride. Yeah. Well, it takes a village. Right. Yep. So, um, so you guys are in a band together. Mm -hmm. um, how's the album process going? Because you guys just recently started. When when did you guys start? And like, yeah. how's the? What's it like creating an album? So we. So I joined the band almost two. You know. Yeah. Two years ago. Okay. And. Um, and so I think they had played a couple times before that, kind of rehearsed and stuff like that. And then once I joined, we started kind of rehearsing more. Um, and then we're like, one of our, like, almost all of us have the dream to have like our own vinyl record with like our own music on it so we can show off to people or just own a piece of music that we made on a record. Right. Um, and so we just like decided, well, let's start recording an album. And so, Luckily, Justin has all this music gear and all his recording gear, and so we just show up in the shop and we just start tracking it. So we'll start with the drums, start all the drum tracks, and then just kind of build the song slowly as each of us play our instruments on top of it. And so we just finished tracking all the instruments, or main instruments. Yeah, so we're on to vocals and just like kind of polishing and making little things. Yeah. So. Nice. Do you... Um, so you you just lay you lay down the bass for the mm -hmm. most part. Yep. What's your favorite part about just like being in a band? 
favorite part about being in a band is, especially the astronautics, is the three other guys that I get to make music with. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things. I've always played music with people, and I never... Like, I've always, like, clicked with the drummer. And it's like, because bass players and drummers are the rhythm section. Right. It's like, okay, we're, we get each other. We can make fun of the lead guitarist. That's, right. And the vocalist and whatever. Yeah. Um, with this one, it was just like, we... Like, I clicked with everybody in the band. Nice. And it's like, you immediately have friends and you're speaking a language with each other mm -hmm. that isn't using words necessarily. And you're all just working together and it all just happens kind of flawlessly. Mm -hmm. And it's a... It's a weird intimacy and like friendship and bond you don't really find anywhere else. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Is it so almost like maybe a better way to phrase what's your favorite part about being in a band? Like, do you like do you like the practice aspect better? Mm -hmm. So like that like just jam jamming or whatever, or do you like live like stuff like that? I really loved playing live. Um, we've done one show so far. We're, trying to do more yeah. but um everybody's got lives it happens how'd the first show go it went really great we opened up for travis lee over at the bent keg nice. and um it was our first show and so we spent almost a month and a half every tuesday like running our set four times like three to four times every tuesday mm -hmm. and so we'd show up at seven and not leave until almost 11 midnight and this is when we were still building the house, so I had to wake up at four o'clock the next morning to get ready to go down to Grafton. And so, like, it was tough, but it was great. Like, it was worth all the work. And it was fun to get together, try really, really hard at something, and then go and do it. Yeah. Like, I mean, playing live's great, but it, it doesn't last. Right. Like, you just share that moment. Yeah, you share that moment, but it's like, it's fleeting. Yeah, it's fleeting, yeah. but it's nice to know. It's one of those things that you built something. Yeah. And so you can think of all the times that I've played these songs and all the times I've messed up. And I remember where I messed up. And I know now not to make that mistake. Right. And, yeah, it's, cool. it's great. Do you guys have any shows planned for the future? Not yet. Not for uh, the new year just yet. But we're okay. hoping to get some more. So, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you guys start making some rounds. Yeah, it'll be, be good. Sweet. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely uh, make sure. Do you guys put all your events on um, Astronautics yep. Facebook page and stuff? Yep. So we have an Instagram and Facebook, the Astronautics. Nice. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow that. I, I don't always get to get out and see live music because like, I try to work. Like, How dare you try to work? I try to work a lot, yeah. Yeah. No kids, yeah. uh, trying to get something off the ground. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do. But, yeah. but when it comes to extracurriculars, um, especially since I promote extracurriculars, live music and live comedy are like my two, mm. my go-tos. So, That's good. yeah. What's the dynamic there? Like, is it hard? Because I remember working in kitchens, like growing up in college, and cook all night and then I would get home and not want to cook whatsoever so like doing all these events and stuff like that do you ever get that feeling it's like I don't want to do anything yeah um, like get me away from people no so only with so video is the only thing like what I like I would like to do more video that I'm just interested in mm -hmm. like selfishly I guess um, so like 
like I would like to I don't know either do some like a, another type of show mm-hmm. but it's like not Venture Wisconsin it's under just like Evan Frymuth okay um, where I talk about like things that I'm interested in like like philosophy music like kind of where everything meets I guess yeah um, yeah 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 the stuff he stayed busy you know because he like it's just him doing masonry so mm-hmm. like similar you know what yeah. I mean sells his jobs does all that but like also is at a doing a job every day like six days a week for yeah. the past 30 years and it's like that's crazy how the hell you know what yeah. I mean but also I, I really do think like just from like the few I haven't asked specifically enough or like mm-hmm. well enough to get this exact answer but I think when he was my age it wasn't like that like he was building the business yeah like talking to people and like once you honestly it's weird like working build producing anything mm. always involves a lot of like connections yeah with people relationships yeah and like the more of those you have over time and like the better they are like it just makes it so much easier like literally it's about trust it's like oh we've done it it went well let's do it again yeah and like when you can do that more often that's when it starts like you know what i mean yeah um so whatever whatever it is you want to be like whether it's like a hobby you want to add or something Mm -hmm. or like i think it'll build for you yeah yeah once you start making those connections and you're not just all alone in your own thing, you're not feeling weird about, like, exactly. I really love this. But yeah. Not weird because I really love this. But. <laughs> yeah, you just got to talk. You just got to talk to people yeah. about it, honestly. Cool. No matter what the hobby, mm-hmm. eventually you'll find people, especially with the internet. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. Um, shoot. I had, I had another thought along those lines. Also, I don't have kids yet either. But my theory, and I'm not in a rush to have kids as well, yeah. but my theory is that once you have kids, like something clicks inside of you that you don't even get to decide yeah. and like you like work harder. It's got to. I don't like... Like some provider thing. Yeah. But I think it's real. Like yeah. I think... Actually, I have this weird thing where I actually try to... I actually try to tell myself like I want to I wanna reach a certain level of like personal success in my eyes mm-hmm. before I have kids to prove to myself that I didn't do it because I had to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is kind of probably sick. No, that's a, that's a really interesting <laughs> thought. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that. <laughs> yeah. so. well, the that, kids that made me do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But no, well, I did this on my own. And, and it's not that like, it's not like that kids make you do it, but like, and I mean, when you have kids, I think it, it is out of like, it's a beautiful thing to like want to, mm-hmm. you know, do more for your family and stuff. But yeah, part of my, my messed up drive to want to accomplish things is like, yeah, it makes me think that way. Like, <laughs> I, I should, like, I should be productive before I have kids because I don't know, maybe then you build something where you can not coast, but where you can have more balance when you do finally have kids. I yeah. Don't know. That's the yeah. theory, I guess. It's a weird, like, yeah, it's a weird thing. Like, yeah. my parents have always told me, it's like, oh, there's not a right time to have kids. Like, I'll never have that right time. But, right. Just at the same time, I'm really happy that I haven't had kids yet. Like, 
I'm not where I want to be yet. I want to definitely like I want to get to these certain milestones. Kind of like you're saying. Yeah. It's like then I'm gonna be ready. And yeah. Like, <laughs> right. We're getting there. That's but, what. Yeah. The, yeah. That's back to the message that you never really are. That's yeah. It's probably true. <laughs> um, that's cool though. Like you made a jump. What? Mm-hmm. Like where were? Can Can you say where yeah. you were working? Yeah. I was working uh, with Cummins Diesel Engines. Okay. Um, out of De Pere and like. In the office kind of thing? in the office. So not doing anything technical or like with my hands and... Do you come from a technical background? Not... Not really. I actually have a like love-hate relationship with technical stuff. For some reason, learning to do stuff with my hands um, has always taken me longer than learning how to do other things. Mm -hmm. So schoolwork was great. Flew right through it. Didn't have to study for tests. but like working with my stepdad like on something uh, in the garage was always like just hell because I've got to think about it my own way I've got to figure it out and when you're in that mode you don't want to really give somebody the time to figure that out like yeah. you're just like no we're going to do this job and you just do it you just, you just do it <laughs> right I'm like hold on I got to think about this like even making cuts I've just got to take my time and figure out and plan it out in my head and yeah, it, it takes a while. Yeah, yeah. It's funny um, because I think that whole generation, like our dad's generation, mm-hmm. learned everything. I don't know if they just learned everything really young. Yeah. Because they were just like their parents just kind of like sent them off. They're more independent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, none of them are good at teaching like hands-on yeah. stuff. It seems like I mean that's a very broad statement, but so many like tradespeople and like that boomer generation are just like let me do it for you you know yeah. what I mean <laughs> and I mean it's it's really tough and that's something like okay like so yeah tough and like letting somebody struggle with stuff for yeah. a while is really difficult it's like um, so one of my neighbors when I was living off of Nida Street was this elderly man who would just go out and mow his grass with a push mower and it always looked like he was struggling so hard and I was like I just want to go and do it for him but then I started thinking it's like maybe that's like what he enjoys to do like he may be struggling with it but hey he's out there mowing his own lawn yeah still and there's still that independence for it and maybe part of being independent and doing your own thing is struggling yeah. for a while and being okay to like just let people struggle yeah and yeah it's beautiful I don't know if that works or not because no it sounds like maybe what we need I don't know yeah you just made a broad statement about society the whole I did and I, this, <laughs> this comes from me where like every day is the struggle bus so I like take the simplest thing like to fix in my car and it becomes a two thousand dollar problem and it's like but I'm gonna do it myself <laughs> right yeah that's so. funny for real though I think I don't know yeah maybe we just like overthink it no, like struggle know. in general like rather than just letting it be yeah well, not, kind of not like, letting the struggle be letting yourself be in the struggle I mean, yeah yes I, I mean it's kind of like the same way everybody's like reframed failure in the past couple of years and now it's like it's, it's important to fail yeah yeah it's like fail hard like there's a That's oh true. man there's this advertising agency out in Portland I was watching a documentary and one of their like main pieces in their hallway is this giant mural that says fail harder and it's all with like push tags like clear push tags and they did the inverse of it so it's like all these people 
not even hitting the fail harder thing to write that out so it's just oh. the inverse and it's just like you know, that's a really good way to think about it it's yeah. like i'm just gonna get out there and fail harder like the only thing i can do is fail and i can learn from it and just go again yeah like, it's gonna happen might that's as well true. that's true even like even it's it's weird it's a weird thing because like you said that when you said it to me i'm like oh duh like failure's good you know yeah but even with that mentality, like we probably both actively still feel fear failure. Oh yeah, I hate it. Yeah, like you have to keep reminding yourself oh, yeah. that it's fine. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. that's true. Now I'm motivated. Now you're oh, motivated. Gosh, that's I'm good. Fail at <laughs> oh man, welcome to my life. I think it's I had to accept that because everything I start doing is like, man, I'm I suck at this. And <laughs> kind of on the podcasting thing, Ira Glass from This American Life wrote this whole thing like how to get into doing radio or like anything creative and like one of the first rules he had in there is like you're gonna fail and like you're gonna suck a lot mm-hmm. for like the first two years you're not gonna like anything that you do yeah and you just gotta be okay with that you guys gotta make it through that right. it's weird yeah so many people are self-critical which yeah i'm definitely self-critical yeah me too yeah and i think that's like i don't know it's hard because like so I'm 25 and like I've been doing this for three years mm-hmm. but it, this has really been like a five or six year journey yeah because like basically my second year of my third year of college I came up with this idea okay and it took me three years to like actually start yeah because of overthinking you know what I mean and just like thinking that it was just gonna be perfect and then never actually doing anything to yeah. even happen so when I see other people in that I guess it's that same thing like I want to help them I want to be like hey like you should have to start you know like I'll, I'll help you for the first two months like yeah. just start you know um, but then I'm like shit I just can't help you for the first two months like you have to figure that out yeah and like really because I think you come away from that it's like I was just taking a first step like you just take a swing at something and then you kind of get like your bearings and it's like Definitely. okay well, that didn't work. So like, here's another thing. I'm just gonna try something. Try to make something work. Yeah. Is that how you feel about factotum? Like, because you're less than a year in. Yeah. So, like, was this is this starting from scratch or was this for me or like for the company? Or for you. For me. In the company. Um, really, it was. Hmm. Or was it touching on skills you had already kind of? I think it touches on skills that I already kind of had. Like the construction side of it, the building side of it is definitely a deficit. And um, when I was first on the job site, I was definitely the butt of a lot of jokes. And even by the end, I was still a butt of a lot of jokes. That's um, true. But I still started getting like just kind of building that. But I mean, it's been a long, weird road for me to get to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Do you mean in the just in the past year, or do you mean way before that? Oh, way before that. Like as soon as I hit college, or out of, actually no, it all started in college. Like going to school, figuring out like junior year, and it's like, oh, this isn't for me. And it's like, yeah, or not, or not not school in general, but just what I was studying, what I was getting a major in, and. And I was like, well, I'm thinking I'm just gonna take like a year and th- rethink this whole thing. And it's like, well, I don't want to take a year because I'm almost done and right. I'll just push through this. Yeah. And that's where stubbornness gets you in trouble. And then, like, even though I knew it's not what I wanted to do, what I went to school for, stubbornness sure. comes in again. It's like, okay, well, I went to school for this. I'll give it a shot. 
and found out that was not for me whatsoever and so it's just even been you knew it. yeah even though i knew it and it's just like okay i went with it and not trusting that intuition on yeah. my own self like is the one thing that i like kicked myself about interesting like, it's knowing like this wasn't to be for me so did you go to and then my wife is from north carolina and um following college where we met uh, she decided to go back and get her master's in North Carolina, and then we just kind of set up shop there for, geez, almost seven, eight years. Yeah. Um, and then she got the opportunity to come up here, and I've always kind of just been, like she's always been the breadwinner, which is kind of nice because it's freed me up to, it's really freed me up to take this position here. Like yeah. this is something like I could really want to do. This is a company I like believe in. I know we can go someplace. I could help build it. I can build things um, and so really thanks to her like I can take this step and not have to worry like not that I'm not I, I get paid yeah <laughs> I get paid um, but I don't make as much for doing nothing that I did at my previous job right like and so that's awesome first yeah. off second um, when you did the like do you feel like this is the first time you really followed that intuition? Or do you feel like maybe there were other jobs yeah. on the way where you were like? No, a lot of them around a necessity. Uh, the brewing thing was like one of those interests. And like, oh yeah, I think I can make this work. Yeah. And then after a while, I was like, another one of those things. Like, no, oh, this isn't really yeah. me. Like, I like it. It's, it's fun. Whenever I came up here, uh, whenever I moved to Wisconsin, I was like, I was still looking in that industry. And so I went all around the valley up to Green Bay and the beer scene here is very, very different. Like when everybody says like, oh, it's Wisconsin, it's beer and cheese. Like, it's not really like it's beer. It's like, it's fish fry and beer and like Miller. And so trying to find yeah. like so a craft, craft brewery. The craft scene yeah. is smaller. It's, it's a lot smaller. Like so North Carolina's crazy about it. It's Really? Almost like, um, yeah, like the we Northwest. Are, there are like a lot of the blue collar communities, in, and again, this is a blanket statement, but um, in Wisconsin are hooked on the, the dollar beers. And oh, the, yeah. Uh, the Paps. And I don't blame them. Like, I'm not a snob. Like, I love it. Yeah. Like, I will have an old style every once in a while. I'll do it. I don't know. Old style with a lime in it is really, really great. Okay. One of my choices. Um, but... Like I'll do anything, and and that's kind of the thing. I like one of the things I didn't like about the like craft beer scene is like everybody was like scenesters, like oh you drink that, ooh oh, this really? is gross, and oh if you had this beer and yeah. if you had this beer, oh you haven't had this one, you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and it's, and Have then, you seen uh, any of that here? Or not really? No, like outside of the state, it's really weird because everybody's like, oh you can only get New Glarus in Wisconsin, yeah, like you can't take it across state lines. And so all my brewer friends was like, oh, when you go there, have some spotted cow. And so first time I went to a bar here, I'm like, oh, I'm not the biggest fan of this. What is it? Like, what was everybody talking about? Yep. Like, it's good, but it's not my favorite. <laughs> like, they, it's, yeah. They built like a lower. Yeah. It, you know? And the same thing with like, oh, what was it? Three Floyds out of Indiana. Like, we didn't have them distributed in Indi or North Carolina. Yeah. And they're distributed here, and it's like, oh God, I have yeah. this, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, ah, it's good. I mean, but it's beer, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Beers, I like beer, but I don't know. I like beer as an industry, like as a concept. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it is expensive. Yeah, I always get, I get swollen too when I drink too much beer. Mm, that's not good. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your favorite brewery in town? Uh, in t- mm. name names. Name names. My favorite in town. There's four. I know there's four in town. <laughs> Here's a better question. How would the craft scene around here grow? How would it grow? Just attracting new customers, really? Or like... I don't know if it's attracting new customers, but um, this is one of the genius things that New Glarus has done and why Spotted Cow is everywhere is because they made that beer to be priced at the same price point as Bud, Bud Light, Miller, Miller Light, all of these. And one of the things that comes along with like craft breweries is like you're using a little bit better ingredients, the cost goes up, you're trying to pay people. Um, and so like you can't compete because, oh, my beer costs more, which is gonna make it like a $7 pint at a bar. And when you're competing with like a $2 bottle, like it's tough or even if you're competing with new glarus like spotted cow at five dollars and yours is coming at six and it's like so they did a really really smart thing with that by really making a competitive beer that can be their cash cow for everybody like everything else right um and i i don't fault like other breweries in wisconsin that don't do that like stick to your prices yeah because your beer is better right it's it's good go with it yeah still mink is great up in green bay um i think my favorite here is mcfleshman's and my favorite in the state is actually a door county brewing company uh yeah yeah door county yeah gotcha and hacienda their other kind of like but those are some of the coolest beers that yeah yeah they have cool design too really really cool design but yeah. like really crazy flavor profiles and yeah was not expecting it when yeah. I first came up here so there's kind of because they they go for the pushing the envelope kind of thing right flavors yeah they yeah they and they had some really good traditional flavors like um hacienda does a like a lot of like spontaneous fermentation and just different fermentation methods where you're getting like different microbes out of the air really? and just letting it ferment naturally or a strain of yeast called bretomyces which has like this kind of rustic horse blanket it's like it comes in wine too and people call it like a horse blanket taste like it tastes grassy and green and it's it's so good and really? like so i'm not the ideal customer to figure out what North Carolina or Wisconsin craft for reason to do because sure. I will pay fifteen dollars for your Good smallest man. bottle. Yeah, I yeah. will pay it. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I just I was talking to a brewery in Oshkosh today about this, and um, yeah, I don't know if it's just like I just feel like yeah, everybody says beer and cheese. Like Wisconsin has the brand mm-hmm. for beer, and it's like why don't we just like come together and hop on that and like yeah. you know me make some videos about it rally like, around it yeah exactly i mean yeah most of the malt that is used in the brewing industry all comes from Brees, which is down in chilton and most so of it? yeah i would say most of it most wow. of the malt that we used in uh 
or I mean, I'm like they're huge. Really, they're huge. They supply a lot of breweries with malt. Yeah, and they're just right down the road. Yeah, and it's good. Yeah, stuff. we have I the content. Them. We have the stories. We have the yeah. You've got the materials. You can actually grow hops here. It's like everybody in North Carolina want to grow hops, and, and you can't because it's too hot. Yeah, well, <laughs> and it's way too hot, and the weather's not right. And but Wisconsin, yeah, you can grow hops. That's yeah. great. You yeah. can make everything you need for beer right here. And all right, we're making a stand. Yeah, we're rallying today. Let's make breweries of Northeast Wisconsin. Well, of all of Wisconsin. Yeah. Let's set up a meeting, a summit. <laughs> I'll set up a consultation business and uh, <laughs> just give you my thoughts. Yeah. No, I want to do so. I don't know. This is just another idea I've had, but I think it'd be really cool to set up like, like if you could bring a bunch together and mm -hmm. create like a media platform that's like, I don't, I don't have a creative name for it. Mm -hmm. Like, but I think one would be useful, but you literally create a channel that's Wisconsin beer. You know what I mean? Like. There's, there's channels out there for everything. It's like yeah. you just have to be the most interesting mm. and have the best content. It's like there's just so much, like potential. There's a lot of potential. Yeah. Like because there's a rich history here. And yeah, yeah, definitely. We have you ever heard of the Oshkosh beer blog? No, I haven't. You should check it out. Do you okay. ever make it down to Oshkosh? I yeah. Guess? yeah, yeah. So this guy, I've had him on the show before. He does mm. this. He runs this blog. Um, and it's just like, I think it's five years old, five, six, seven years old. And like, he's just got so, like he literally reads through old newspapers and like legal records and like he oh, literally pieces these stories together. Yeah. Um, I wish he'd like do it for the whole state, but it'd be a lot, or not the whole state, but like the whole region. It'd be so much more work, obviously. Yeah. But he wrote a couple books and it's cool. I'll, I'm, I'm gonna be posting an article that I wrote, mm. basically like with his help, um, probably tomorrow. I'll, yeah. I'll send you the link for it. Awesome. I think it's kind of cool. But any preview or yeah, events? it's about neighborhood breweries. Okay. So and that seems so like what is I don't know that seems really broad, but really what it is is the most interesting like the biggest takeaway from having him on the live show that I remember was mm -hmm. like he said like every neighborhood had their own brewery and I think peak at the peak there was like eight breweries in Winnebago County yeah um and I just thought of like all these little German settlements like each one having their own just like little brewery on the block I mean mm -hmm. it wasn't that ubiquitous yeah but um and then, so Fifth Ward in Oshkosh is the newest one, mm -hmm. and one of the owners had told me like, we want to be a neighborhood, like the neighborhood brewery in this, like the south side of Oshkosh. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was like, such an interesting approach to just like, we just want to master our neighborhood, we want to be the spot here. Yeah. So then I went, there's a new one in Door County, underneath Sunny's Pizza they're building mm -hmm. it. It's called uh, Bridge Up Brewery. Okay. And it's not even fully built, but I had a meeting with him and he used the same words. He said, we want to be a neighborhood brewery. And I was like, I was like, huh, like neighborhood breweries are coming back. Yeah. Like this guy told me about pre-prohibition, how uh, Lee, by the way, from Oshkosh Beer Blog, mm. pre-prohibition, all these neighborhoods had their own bar and then basically like, the, like Schlitz, like people's brewing in, Osh 
maybe that was a little later. Um, Schlitz, Oshkosh, um, all these bigger mass-produced stuff, just like they figured out the marketing in the newspapers and stuff yeah. back then, and they just like pushed all these neighborhood bars out. But it like came full circle, and I'm like, that's fascinating. You know yeah, what I mean? It's really fascinating. Yeah, and one of the coolest parts from that I got from writing the article was that these old neighborhood breweries invented the crawler. Or the oh, really? Yeah, but it used to be a bucket. <laughs> they would fill a bucket with beer, and like they'd pay and they'd like take it home for later. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and like they called it a. It was either growler or crawler. I forget. Mm. Um, but that's where it came from, and like that's what neighborhood breweries do. They yeah. they sell growlers and crawlers, and you know what I mean. It's that's just cool. like literally the same system, but 150 years later. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. It is cool. So I used uh, a long quote from him, kind of explaining neighborhood breweries back then, mm -hmm. and I kind of built this argument or like a, a thought on how they've come back and the area basically yeah. so no, that's good it's i mean yeah. especially like if there's ever like a part of town that needs to be revitalized like a rundown industrial area that's perfect for a brewery mm -hmm. just give the, let them rent the space real cheap and i guarantee you the rest of the area will develop pretty yeah. quickly that's bad. that's an interesting way to yeah to it's it. it's really weird like uh so full steamer i was at was ended up in this like warehouse in in Durham, which is not like the safest place in the world, but um, I, I love that town. I wish I could move back there. It's my favorite town ever. Um, but so they set up shop like in this gritty area, nothing was around them. There was an abandoned building almost everywhere around. And by the time I left, uh, a new like a new restaurant had gone in next door. Um, a whole thing of like lofts with like multi-use lot or like loft and commercial space yeah. went down the street there was a music venue across the street from them and just like this whole thing just kind of built up around it wow. and housing prices were just crazy in that neighborhood and it's just like that's, that's great you just make a cool place where people want to go yep somebody starts it and it's like hey period. this place can be cool and let's do it so period build a cool place where people want to go and yeah yeah good shit follows exactly it's crazy um, brew it and they will come. Brew it and they will come. <laughs> <laughs> it's a baseball reference, and Bull Durham is the best baseball movie of all time. So, nice. I've never seen that movie. Oh, it's great. Is it old? Kevin Costner and Tim Robbins, like from the really? '80s. Yeah. I feel like I've seen. And Susan when you Sarandon. Say Tim Robbins. I feel like I've like seen. Not that Tim Robbins. Cover. Is it Tim Robbins? Maybe. Is that the motivational speaker? Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Shawshank guy. Is it Tim? Is that his name? I think it is. Yeah, it's Tim Robbins. Yeah. Oh, it's Tony so good. Tony Robbins is the motivation. There we go. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. funny. For real though, like, it's it's interesting too though because, um, definitely build a cool place and like, everything follows. Mm -hmm. But also, it's interesting how like it ebbs and flows. Well, so, but it's interesting because I think like, breweries. Have, have like more of a, like you build it and it like lasts longer mm -hmm. like if the brand value I guess yeah but like nightclubs and stuff and bars like they can like they can change so quickly yeah you can build like a cool nightclub and all of a sudden two years later it's like I mean, bad I think I've seen every almost every place on the avenue here 
like swap out in the time that I've been here in three yeah. years. I mean, it blows my mind. Like, it's yeah, weird. there's the stalwarts that have been there forever, but to see how many businesses go in and out on College Avenue is like, I don't understand it. It's a great spot. It's a great location. Yeah, I don't get it either. Yeah. Honestly, like, here's another like messed up, just because the entrepreneurial mind mm. thing, but like. And I don't have the investment money to like investment money to like investment money to like start a bar either. But I was like, I, I'm always thinking like, I feel like I could run a decent bar. Like, what are you guys doing wrong? Yeah. I feel like you're just not talking to your customers at all. Mm. That's what it seems like. Yeah. It's like if you wanted to build a, if you wanted to build a place that was hopping all the time, I feel like your social media would have to be hopping. Does that yeah, make sense? it does. Because you want to be able, like, the goal of, like, a hopping spot would be to say, we're doing this tomorrow, and people would show up. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel like none of the bars on the app have that. No. And I think one place that does it really great is uh, uh, Fox River. Fox River House. Yeah. Fox River House is fantastic about this stuff. They'll put something up. They have events going on there all the time. Yeah. Kind of kooky, weird events, but that, and that's great. That's kind of what you want from a bar. Yeah, and they have yeah. a killer beer list, so that's always good, true. too. True, true. So. Yeah, they worked with us on a... We did, like, a trash pickup event. Mm -hmm. And they reached out. They're like, hey, we think this is cool. Like, anyone who... Like, first drinks on us, anyone who participates yeah. in everything. Is that's, cool. that's really cool. And yeah. that builds, like, community. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. I mean, not even just like, because I'm sure there's, I mean, they have that whole thing with live music and the neighbors being upset and stuff like uh, that. Yeah. And that's got to be really cool. Because I'm assuming you guys just picked up trash in the neighborhood, right? We picked up trash at Heckrot in okay. Russia. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking, it's like in the neighborhood, it's like, oh, we're going to make friends with our neighbors. You yeah. might not like us and complain yeah. about us, but hey, we'll walk awesome. around and clean up the neighborhood. That would be cool. But Heckrot, too. Goodness gracious. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been there? Mm -hmm. It's pretty nice. It is pretty nice. It's also just wildland. Yeah. I don't know. I like it a lot. Just, I just like being outdoors. Mm -hmm. But my wife is like, I just feel like I'm not supposed to be there. Like, yeah. Because you're on boardwalks. Which, yeah. That's what I like about boo bolts. Um, yeah. I never make it to boo oh, I should. I really, really like nice. it. And they have this trail that, like, they say is a trail. Um, I tried to take it. My wife got upset at me because there's barely like any like grass cleared whatsoever, and she hates grasshoppers, so she uh, was not a big fan of that. But I could go and get lost in there. Yeah. Like, every day, I've been multiple times. I don't think I've been on the same trail. Nice. Or taken the same path the whole thing. Yeah. Twice. It's great. You know, outdoorsy person. Yeah, I like to hike a lot, and yeah, yeah. me too. Finally got snowshoes. Uh, <laughs> so I could actually keep doing stuff outside right. in the winter time. So <laughs> you're a yeah. snowshoer too? No, well, no, we just got them for Christmas last year. Oh, nice. And we haven't yet to use them, so yeah. definitely have to. That's good. Yeah, we went snowshoeing when we had that uh, April blizzard. Nice. Yeah, so. Couple, like two years ago? Right? Yeah. Nice. It was snowshoeing down to a bar, but still in the <laughs> snowshoeing. <laughs> nice. I was going to say, where do you use it? Yeah. That Boo Bolt has some trails, so. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. I like it. Hell yeah. Um, cool, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on here. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I know you were expecting somebody else, but thanks for talking. <laughs> no, no, no. It, worked. it worked great, honestly. Um, yeah, I hope I hope Justin's all right, and yeah. I hope everything with Factotum 
goes great for both you guys. And Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's been an honor meeting you and kind of going more about what you're doing too. It's yeah. good to know other people are doing cool stuff in town. Definitely. Thank you. Um, astronautics. Some yep. shows coming up 2020. Hopefully. hopefully we'll see. Get it rolling. Maybe, hopefully we just got to finish this record first. So yeah, maybe definitely. that first. Definitely. <laughs> Do you guys play all your originals? Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, sure have to. Did you tag them in the comments? Oh, thanks. Dope, dope. Cool. Thanks, Trevor. Awesome. Thank you very much. See you guys. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It truly means a lot to me.